Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. This is the OKS Hunter Podcast. Never pass on shooter bucks. That's just me from the freezer. It's your tag. You hunt how you want. This is OKS Hunter. This is the OK Center Podcast. <laughs> we made it. We made it. Another Tuesday. <laughs> Happy Tuesday. You might not know it listening to wherever you're listening, but we just struggled with uh, a technical glitch for the last 20 minutes. But here we are, ready to go. How makes long? Been doing this for over a decade, and it doesn't matter. There's still always going to be a problem. It just makes the uh, bourbon taste a little bit, a little bit better. It did taste <laughs> very sweet when it hit my lips. I was like, I think I need to have a drink right now in the middle of this tech problem. Anyway, thanks for joining us. If you're a first-time listener, welcome to the show. Welcome to the OKS Podcast Network, a uh, family of podcasts run by a group of a uh, bunch of OKS hosts <laughs> and hostesses. Um, we have three new podcasts on deck. Happy to share those with you right now, so you're on the lookout for them. We got OKS Cook coming on board. That's going to be a really fun one. Uh, we have Camp OKS coming on board. That's going to be... Uh, internal MC of the network, promoting those that are on the, the network, the family of podcasts. And then uh, coming up next, the next one to go onto the network uh, in terms of order of the work that we have to do to do that is uh, Western Territory, which is formerly Pulling Feathers. So this will be our first podcast host. We're bringing on that as an existing podcast. I've been friends with Levi for, I don't know, like four or five years or something like that. And uh, he was due for a rebrand and wanted to, to join our ranks. So he'll be, he'll be coming on. He has some amazing cover art for that podcast, too. Cool. I like all of them because uh, <laughs> the gentleman you have who does the graphic design for them. You're an artist. You appreciate it. Yeah, they're all good. But I really like the new Western one. <laughs> I think it's really sick. It's looking. bold. Yeah, it's, it's very, very cool. bold. So very cool. Just, you know, I think at some point we're going to have a podcast that matches our tone of voice of the okayest hunter. Um, in terms of like ethos and just the humble nature and the relatability and all that jazz. But um, we'll have different verticals of things that might scratch your outdoor itch. You know, maybe this podcast is fun to listen to every now and again. Maybe you really want to learn about trapping. So you go listen to OK's Trapper or you want to hear more about how the Greg and Matt are catching, you know, big trout on Lake Michigan in the summer or something. The OKS network should scratch your itch throughout the year. So if yeah. you're like a amping up for deer hunting come September... The OKS Hunter is your spot, but there's something for you the entire time now. The trapping in the winter, fishing, and you know, it's you got a pretty amazing stretch of growth that you've done in the last year. Wild. And uh, now it should yeah. cover cover everything. Yep. 
It's yeah. really cool. It should. Should. I mean, we'll see. Um, so anyway, yeah, thanks for, for tuning in, listening. Uh, we are brought to you by Half Rack, so go to half-rack.com. Be sure to use our discount code across all of the partners. Um, i got to talk to Barry about one, I actually just realized I hadn't had that, that conversation yet. I don't even know if that's a thing. Um, but OHP will save you money across the board, so... Be sure if you look on the screen as you as you watch here, you'll see our partners on their latitude. We got a saddle hanging up in here. We got the bare bow hanging up over there. We got Spartan Forge on the screen, um, as well as Rack Hub, which we'll be doing an episode with Rack Hub right as we get into shed season, which is funny because I think they're very tightly knit with the brand shed season. Great name there. Um, we're going to be launching a contest with shed season. Uh, pretty soon we just worked out the details of how we want that to run. So now we have to like do some stuff to like build the infrastructure to handle how we're going to get entries into the contest and pick people and all that jazz. Uh, but stay tuned with that. We'll have those guys on soon-ish and talk about <coughs> what Rack Hub is. And and like Derek just found the shed today. Yeah, like an <laughs> hour and so a half like ago maybe. <laughs> think about if you, you drill into this part of the antler here, and we'll get some of the samples before we have them on the show so we have some more like uh, context around talking about it. But you could just essentially hang this antler up right here, you know, mm -hmm. um, right into the wall. And they have a, a, all sorts of other ways to, like, show this stuff off. So I'm actually pretty enthused about it. Yeah, and it's um, not just sheds from what I've seen either. No, they have, like, single shed yep. that you can mount if you got a match set. And then, like, European mounts or, like, you know, different. And they have the skull plates, too. So, like, so at work, my boss has a giant elk on the wall. Like, you're not <laughs> get fitting that through a door. Those <laughs> antlers come off. So they have the, the removable whitetail, muley, and elk um, skull plates. So if you're working with a taxidermist, you want those things to just pop off because you're afraid they're going to damage and transport. That's a pretty interesting thing, too. Yeah. Um, so among other things. But nonetheless, <laughs> welcome to the show. We're happy to have everybody. We're doing a weird episode tonight. <laughs> Here's the thing. <laughs> Here's the thing. Greg, Greg was going to be here. I had this all planned up in my brain until I had a total tech nightmare. Now, I have no clue what I was supposed to be talking about. I had, like, a very eloquent way to talk about this stuff. But as heck with that, some of you might be aware, I got rid of my truck last summer and I got a car, which is hard for me. It was really pain. It was a really painful thing. <laughs> like, luckily, my kids love me and they showed me that that's not what's important. <laughs> Great. But I ended up carting around a solo canoe um, from Old Town on my car most of the season, which I really love that thing because it's it's like a canoe, but it's the size of a kayak and it weighs very little. Very sweet. Really. So I could. Put that on my car. I got very efficient, surprisingly for me even. Um, that being said, though, I I put like uh, ice fishing sled into my trunk, put my back seats down. I saw the car seat in there, so I could still be dad for one of the kids if I needed to. And I had my whole setup in just the back seat of my car with the canoe on top. I was ready to go. I know, Derek, you've camped out of your minivan in the past, or I don't know if you still have that anymore. No, we don't. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the the topic of what is the, I don't want to say ultimate, because I don't think either of us are working with the ultimate here, but, like, what is the ideal outdoor hunting rig? And, I mean, most guys would say truck all the way, but I've had, I've, I was just like you. I had a truck. I had a F-150. Um, I had the, you know. Super crew, tons of room in the back, and then I had a six and a half foot box. Um, I used to have a wood burner in my basement, so oh. I wanted the extra. You know, I pulled a trailer from the cabin full of wood, filled the box up full of wood, so it was like storage space was was huge for mm -hmm. me. Cause like that's how we heated our house in the winter. <clears throat> but then when we moved down here, the wife got a van, ended up selling my truck, 
I ended up driving the wife's Dodge Dart, which was a manual, <laughs> nice. thank God, because okay. that was kind of fun. But the Dodge Dart was not the ultimate hunting vehicle. But I used to take the minivan on um, out-of-state trips um, that I would be sleeping in the van with. And I would just throw in, like, we have, like, an oversized stuffed couch um, that we got. So the cushions, you know, are, are big. And I'm not a huge guy, so I would mm-hmm. take two couch cushions, stand them up in the van, pack all my stuff in there with the back seats rolled down. And then at night, I just... Pop those down, throw my sleeping bag on the seat cushions, on the couch cushions. And it was super comfortable. Everything you want is inside. Nothing really, like, you know, gets cold, like, in the bed of your truck, like, when you put stuff in there. All your stuff gets cold. And, like, not that the inside of the van was way warmer, but, like, I could start it up in the morning and, like, let it heat up. You're right there, yeah. And then you're putting on, like, warm boots. Yeah, (laughs) it's like having a bathroom in your house versus an outhouse. Like, you don't have to get out to go out and, and go back in. And most of the spots that I'm hunting nowadays don't require any sort of four-wheel drive, like where we hunt down here. Oh, yes. Yeah, city, city like, rural, whatever you want to call this. I mean, we're basically like Lee Ellis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're not. I was in your neighbor's backyard last night. <laughs> 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 on the shed. <laughs> I can't get both these sheds sitting here. You found. Um, I don't Anyway, like, it, Greg's having car trouble. He's fixing his truck. That's why he's not here. Now. He's like, you shoot up so done taking care of your car. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, the whole episode about that sounds. Like and he's not the guy fun. who needs to talk about that because yeah, I don't know yeah. crap. I'm not. I don't want to talk about changing up carburetors and, you know, fuel filters and changing oil and spark. Uh, whatever. You got to do all that shit. Like, I think the Whitetail Adrenaline guys have done a really cool job with like buying a shitty beater car, pre going into season and being like, this is the one we're driving this year. And I remember talking to Jared a number of years ago, and he said like, we do that because we want to show that you don't have to have the fucking latest model truck to get this stuff done. And you're going to have car problems. You deal with it. That's like what you come to expect now. That's the novelty of watching a Jared Shuffler production. <laughs> what do like, you buy this year? How many wheels are we going to blow up? <laughs> how many roadside tires changes are there going to be? And then who's going to get greasy hands changing out a ball joint? Or like, you know it's going to be something. So it, it does make it cool. And those guys definitely also, I would say, use the uh, the thrift shop camo oh yeah to full advantage too like those guys are not wearing high dollar you know camouflage clothes. they don't have any partnerships they're not they're not responsible they're wearing whatever and they're sneaking up within 30 yards of these freaking things which is just cool like those guys they know what they're doing yeah they've definitely uh broke broken the mold on that they've continued to be incredible at that stuff but the real topic of tonight is I don't know where I want to draw the line of what we're looking for from callers. I have one caller in the queue. I haven't checked it yet. I'll get to you guys or whoever that is in just a moment here. I'm hopeful that the queue will fill up. This has been a favored topic. We did it last year, uh, and people came up to us at the trade show in the Dells, and were like, I, I heard you because I, I listened to the episode about the mythical beasts or the cryptozoology, the Sasquatch, the Michigan dog man, the dog man, the yeah, chupacabra, one. the windago, like Wendago, yeah. Indian burial ground stuff. So there's that component, ghosts and trees knocking people out of them. Where I want to draw the line, be careful here, is like, we've all found weird stuff in the deer woods. I had a <laughs> message the other day. Oh, this is where the line. Someone is went down. shed hunting and they came across something very ex- explicit. <laughs> Quite disgusting. He's like, I can send you a picture if you want to see. I was like, no, no, don't send me the picture. I don't need that in my phone. Please, <laughs> please, please don't send me the picture. So I'm just saying that to say, you know, don't just, I don't know. I'm not sure what we're going to hear tonight on the show. I'm not sure. I really, I clearly, I have no clue what we're going to hear. 
People see weird shit in the woods. But if it's a SEX doll, I don't want to hear about that. <laughs> Especially Maybe if I it's do. Just, yours. Just Especially if me. it's yours. Don't tell us about what you're doing with but it. I thought Which, it, was, it was on private property, but it was my property. <laughs> <laughs> I made it my property. <laughs> Which uh, I took, uh, I went scouting uh, with a, a a guy that we know um, a little bit. We met him at the uh, Foam Fest shoot. Yes, yes. Um, Joe and uh, we went out and scouted a piece of public together, just just for shits and giggles. And I was like, hey, you know, we, we hunt a similar area. Let let's go shout scout together. So we went out there, and uh, I had totally forgot about a story he told me at Foam Fest, which was along the same lines as the SEX doll, and like <laughs> he had seen. A man oh boy. doing something. Hey, you, bear fucker. Doing something <laughs> in the woods that he didn't want to see a man doing in the woods. Oh, but the no. guy was like totally naked and like this was a thing. So something else was going on. Then. So yeah, I totally forgot about this story. And then we're we're scouting or whatever, and we get to this spot where we're gonna kind of turn back. The sun's going down. I'm like, yeah, we turn around here, and he's like, yeah, just I don't really want to go any further anyway because that's where. And I was like, "What?" And he's like, "Do you remember that story?" To- oh my god! I was like, "We got, we got to go right now." Because what if he's out there? So yeah, people doing weird things. I, in I'm all seeing woodpeckers in the wood, but not that Ooh, kind of pecker. No, 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 no. A different kind of woodpecker. I'm not, I'm not interested <laughs> in that kind of pecker. Um, my wife, she went to Puerto Rico with a friend when we were dating, and a guy was like, you know, pecking his woodpecker <laughs> to to that to them. Uh, on a beach in the public, like just going to town behind like a towel or something, and they're like, "Oh my god, is that? Oh my god, oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> That's hard to forget. Super weird. Yeah. Super weird. Not um, cool. Uh, Tony, I'll just read some some notes on the screen real quick, and then we'll bring our caller in. Tony Cordero, what's up? Calder, what's going on? Alec, what's up? Oh, he's not saying hi to us. He's saying hi to Tony. So they're talking amongst themselves. Thanks, guys. Uh, Michael, how's it going? We're doing good. Levi Carey's here. Hello, David Nowakowski. Hello. Wow, man, it's like the the crew is here. You know, David has found some sheds. He was just messaging the other day. Found two sheds. It's been a while since he got out there and found some. So congratulations, good David. Job, buddy. Um, I've got some some people who are already, you know, chomping at the bit to get in this smallest shed competition. My dad's got he's got a runner. He's got about a what? three and a half inch I, spike. He's like, I'm, I'm waiting to enter go. that. All so. right, it's gonna happen. Noah, can you hear me? Yep, I can still hear you. Okay. Folks listening in the comments, tell me, can you hear Noah? Good news. Moment only. of truth. Good news only. Moment of truth. <laughs> For the love of Pete, please work. Tony, spread the good word. We got you. Boom. Thanks, Calder. Oh, my gosh. Look at that. Well done. So hey, at 21 minutes and 26 seconds, we figured it out. So I know where to edit this. All right. So if you're watching live, well, there we go. Maybe, maybe you would not want to join the podcast network <laughs> <laughs> or ever a podcast because it's a total pain in the ass. <laughs> we also have probably the most complicated setup in all of the outdoor hunting podcasts. This is a lot of things you. right here. All right, Noah, what kind of story you got for us? We're going to have calls piled up now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, just kind of wanted to call in because I think this, this episode last year was my first call in. So oh, anniversary. Hey, wow. Wow. Happy one year, buddy. Happy one year, big guy. Glad you decided to <laughs> stick with us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> other than that, I mean, grouse still scaring the absolute shit out of me whenever I flush them. Oh yeah. I don't know if you've run into those. Oh Yeah. That uh, is, uh, the that thunder is, but, uh, chickens do it for me. 
Oh, turkeys? When they come out of roost or when they fly, whatever they're doing. Like, If you ever don't know there's a turkey above you gonna, and then you scare it, that'll do it too. But grouse, like like uh, Noah's saying, man, grouse. If you, they, they'll let you get close sometimes and, oh, you have a heart attack. soiled your pants, man. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like a helicopter just decided to take off right next to you. But, uh, yeah, you know, just seeing weird lights out there. As per usual, um, no screech owls this year. Last year, they got me real bad. Just not know what the hell is going on. Some weird noises, yeah. Yeah. Um, just, I always feel uneasy, especially when I'm by myself in, in the dark. It's, it's, it's always that feeling that something's there, you know? You're telling me my four-year-old's never going to grow out of it. <laughs> 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 he won't go upstairs in the middle of the day. I don't want to go upstairs by myself. That it's dark up there. I'm like, it's the upstairs. It's not dark. There's windows. It's the middle of the day. It's, there's nothing scary. He's like, no, I can't. You got to go with him. I'm like, all right. My son Gus has been afraid of the basement forever since we like moved into our like new house. Alone, yeah. And I had always assumed just because it's dark and it's a basement. Mm-hmm. Like, when I was a kid, like I was yes, a little bit afraid creepy. of the basement. Yep. But he has a legit excuse because when you open the door to our house, I don't know if you remember, but like our stairs go down, but there's like a, a straight wall that goes up. So I've got a bear mount from a bear that I got. <laughs> and it's like not just like a cute little bear. Like it's in this crazy charging pose with its claws out and its teeth drawn. So he's just like, I hate the bear. I'm like, buddy, it's just foam. I know, but I still hate it. Oh, that's great. So he is not like so little sister will take him down there. Don't oh, worry, guys. There you go. I'm they not have scared. one fearless one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we I feel you on the uneasy part though, man. Like I just even like with real things, like there's there's predators in certain woods. Like eh. I mean there's a bear spotted in uh Dousman here last season I, a buddy sent oh, me geez. a video of the, he was on a property in rome rome pond area and he sent me a video of a bear right by him he's like didn't expect to see that today i was like dude that's right here that's very uncommon um and it, it sounds like it was probably an adolescent male just covering lots of ground but nonetheless like you wouldn't expect to see that here go up north yeah. though and it's a whole different story well for me it's uh up north we uh there was just a article in uh, outdoor news um that there was a wolf got trapped not like 30 minutes from my property oh shit! so it's like we know we have wolves up there and it's just you don't hear much of wolf attacks but it's it's there you know it's eerie nonetheless yeah there's very few recorded instances of a wolf attack and if it is it's usually some sort of weird yeah you know outlying event or something generally steer clear people but it'll happen one day or it's like, words. I don't know if we talked about it, but uh, you guys heard that story of uh, the guy that shot the cougar in self-defense out in uh, yeah. Buffalo County? Mm-hmm. No, I haven't heard that. Was that this fall or last fall? That was, la- that was yes, this last year. It's cougars are the real deal. You watch DNR ruled things. it a good kill, but 17 yards. I couldn't imagine. Yeah, I think he was in a tree stand, if I remember Terrifying. correctly, and it saw him and started... Stalking? Doing what the Stalking kitties do. Him. Yep, and like getting low, and it was coming right for him, and he let it get to seventeen or eighteen yards. You'd have yards. to let it get close enough to take a good shot. Talk about your nerves are going. You think a buck gets it going? How about a hundred and thirty pound <laughs> cat that's looking at you like well, you're wrestle. the next meow well, mix? Right there. It's game over, man. My yeah. Well, With dude. The bow too. Good, good stuff, Noah. If you got anything creepier that comes to mind, call us back. And we look forward to seeing you at the trade show this year again. Um, 
we're gonna keep it rolling. I'm I'm curious to hear some like I want to hear some. I know I said I don't want to hear I weird wanna, I stuff, but yeah, <laughs> tell him to call in. He's yeah. he's not on the call queue yet, so tell him to get in the comments there. Tell him to get in here. Oh man, um, this is gonna be way more common for people. Way more common for the guys who live up in northern Wisconsin or anywhere there's wolves, but like we know there's wolves in the areas we hunt, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. like it doesn't really bother me, freak me out at all. But like this last weekend, we were up there. The whole family went out shed hunting. And in the snow, there's tracks, tra- right? Yeah. And when you see three or four sets of adult wolf tracks, and they are... They're I mean, very large. They're, People they're don't way bigger than you think. They are. When, you, when I saw them, I was like... And my kids were out there with me. Yeah. That made me feel... That's different, because they're snow. Uneasy, you know what I mean? Like, I was like, oh, crap. Hey, guys, stay I don't close. Like this. Yeah. I don't like this. Yeah. Wolf, wolf might pick off a kid more than it would pick off an adult. Yeah. I look like a kid, so... <laughs> Gosh, let's try this again. Says Levi. Levi, you're live. Can you hear us? Yeah, I got you guys this time. We oh, can hear Mr. You. Carey, we can hear you. <laughs> it's a miracle. Sorry about that, bud. I don't know what the... F- I couldn't even tell you what's happening tonight. Hey, it's the, it's the little gremlins, man. It happens. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I think sometimes uh. it's Bill Spartan Ford just, just messing with us. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, right. Hey, you got to be quicker than that. <laughs> it's like when you, you had the landline yeah. phone and you heard someone in the other room pick up. You're like, yeah. Bill, Bill, are you there? Put the phone. Shot <sighs> <Not> me. <laughs> <laughs> so, fo- folks, Levi, who's just called in, Levi is the host of the soon to be uh, Western Territory Used podcast. Used to be pulling feathers. And he's out of Wyoming. He lives it. He's a guide. He hunts these big animals. He does crazy shit. The horse fell down the mountain at one time. <laughs> like, it. I'm excited <laughs> for you to reboot everything, buddy, and under under the the family podcast that we're growing here. So, um, I'm willing to bet you have some pretty. You better have a good story if you're calling in. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, of, of course. One, one, I just wanted to introduce myself again to everybody, and and uh, thanks for bringing me on the podcast network. But I mean, uh, one of the scariest things is waking up in the middle of the night and. Uh, you feel something moving against your head uh, on the other side of the tent, and uh, you can kind of hear the snorting noises, and you just know it's a grizzly bear. Um, those will those will always get me no matter what. And you find the middle of the sleeping bag really quick because you don't want to <laughs> scoot down too far because, you know, he's just pacing around to the other side of the tent pretty soon. So, yeah, just, I don't know, just instances like that all the time happen up here all the time you know, northwest this is Wyoming the problem with having you on the show i can't have you say this too much or my wife is going to be like you're not going out to hunt with that guy you're going to die now i've got a question <laughs> i've got a question for you levi about that exact instance because i just put myself like in that situation and i'm I a guy too. i'm a guy who i unzip my sleeping bag about halfway when i sleep just because i like a little freedom of movement like if a bear yeah. is outside your tent you know it like do you just like subconsciously zip it up, like pretending like that's gonna make a difference? Like or a kid under just... the covers in the dark. Like, do you know right? what I mean? Like <laughs> crawl under your bed. Uh, what do you do? Yeah. I've never had it happen. Like, what do you don't do? Poke, don't poke the toe out, kind of thing. <laughs> like, oh, you know. Pull that toe back in real. Bed. <laughs> yeah, you uh, you end up sleeping with your sidearm pretty often. Um, that and your your pepper spray, but I. I don't know. I'd rather I'd rather I'd use be sleeping with my rifle and sidearm. Honestly, sorry, say that again. What's sorry. that? I'd be sleeping with my rifle and sidearm, and I'd have it all right yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, it's typically like that. You know, you you've got it right underneath the pillow, where your hand knows exactly where that thing's at all the time, and 
and then right next to it's your flashlight too. You've always got to have have both of them um, and stuff. Because we've also had that instance happen, and you thought it was a bear, and you went to unzip the the tent door to chase the bear off, and your horse came untied, and it's staring right at you in the in the door of the tent. <laughs> That wouldn't be a good thing. There goes your ride. <laughs> yeah, that would that'd be the uh, the wrong move right there. Yeah. That's crazy, dude. I, yeah, having a bear that close we've got some uh, pictures of us packing out an elk in the dark and stuff, and they're old, like you know the kind of Polaroid camera where you'd send it in and develop it later on and and stuff. We'd taken pictures of us putting all the elk meat on this this horse. We went home and got the pictures all developed, and we started looking at our pictures, and we're like, what the heck? And there's eyes for from a grizzly bear on the other side of the horse that we never saw that bear once. And wow. uh, he that's just kind of stood there on the edge of the trees waiting for us to finish up, dude. Oh, man, yeah, that's creepy stuff for sure. <laughs> that's, like, exactly what happens in, like, a, a horror movie, well, we right? Had... Like, you have a flash camera, and, like, <laughs> they hit the flash, and all of a sudden something you didn't know was there. Well, that, we had Giannis, yeah, that's exactly it. Oh my we had Giannis God. on the podcast, I don't know, maybe a year ago or something He's like that. that and yeah, he had that, that bear story he bear shared story. with us. Where it yeah, charged right there at their camp, you know? Like pretty crazy. Didn't the guy jump on the bear and like ride it? I, I think there's something like that that seemed to have happened. It wasn't that eloquent, but I think it was more like, Oh my god, I'm out of bear. It just happened really quick. And I think they I mean, we had the story, we have the whole story on our YouTube, um, and I think he shared it elsewhere on their podcast and stuff too. But it was, it was intense, like you described. Like suddenly, it happened very, very fast. Like they didn't know the bear was there. Boom, the bear was there, and boom, mm-hmm. it was there on them. Like it, it charged in and closed the gap really fast. They yeah. don't give you a time to think. They're they're quick. For yeah. all that muscle, I mean, man, la- for all not that last year, but the year prior, we had we had a bear charge the pickup. We're driving down through some. You know, kind of like close trees down a little two track just kind of killing the midday lull so to speak and you know we get down to this little spot and you just hear this freight train coming through the trees and i look to my left and here comes this grizzly bear charging the pickup and that was the only time i wish i would have had like actual like manual windows because i think i could have gotten them up faster <laughs> but i mean i was freaking out <laughs> yeah, I could. I'd imagine you would have got him up real fast if you'd been cranking That's on that crazy. thing. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, but I mean, he—it was basically a bluff charge. He stopped about, well, ten, fifteen yards from the truck. But for him to actually run out the truck kind of surprised me. They—they they usually wouldn't do something like that. But we got to—we—we we went up the road a little bit and uh, kind of looked back through the binos at him, and he ended up having like a a calf moose that he had killed and that's what was going on he was defending his his kill so <laughs> i've uh i've listened to a lot of like bear attack stories and like i just find these things interesting so i listen to a lot of stories about this or read a lot of stories about it and most of the the bears especially grizzly bears that are like you know aggressive toward people almost always have something wrong with them like something wrong with their teeth or like something that's causing them impending pain that make them really ornery and more aggressive. And like a lot of times it happens in like places where people hike because they're like eating garbage, like people throwing food away and they eat garbage, get something stuck in their gums, they're between their teeth, glass bits or whatever. And that just makes them really, really, Mm -hmm. you know, aggressive and like unsettled. And 
that has an effect, but getting close to one of their kills obviously is going to probably have a similar effect. Yeah, getting getting close to one of their kills or getting between uh, a sow and a cub is is usually like a guarantee to to have something Assault. happen. Um, th- those are the two main things that you usually hear about around here is somebody gets between a sow and a cub or yeah, you're you're close to their kill and stuff like that. So it's it's always keep your head on a swivel when you're start smelling things and stuff like that. And yeah, it's just. It, you're you're always at risk. It's an inherent risk of being out in the outdoors, and you just be careful, and and that's that. So you can't let it hold you back. That's true. I'm just thinking. <clears throat> There's a book I read. Um, <laughs> what was it called? It's it's a it's a book about American history as told through walking the Appalachian Trail, and a, a walk in the woods. It's called by Bill Bryson. Bryson, Bryson, something like that. They made a movie of it. I think the movie is terribly cheesy, and I won't watch it. <laughs> like, they just made it <laughs> terrible. <laughs> like, dude, they j- I was like, no. I saw the preview. I was like, oh, I was kind of excited. I was like, fuck that. I'm not watching this shit. <laughs> the book was good. The book was good. The American history that came out of it was really neat, but the guy had a legitimate, the, the author had a, a legitimate, irrational fear of bears. And the way he spoke about his fear of bears was pretty comical. And he went on this freaking, you know, <laughs> journey on the Appalachian Trail. I don't, I don't remember. I don't think he had any bear encounters. But it was pretty funny because he's like, yeah, at some point you just got to go. Like, whatever. What am I going to do? Not go on this fucking thing because I'm afraid of the thing that might happen with a bear. And he almost didn't because of that. Yeah. But, it, yeah, it was, a, it was a good book. I, I actually like the book. I won't watch the movie, though. <laughs> not like Into the Wild. Into the Wild was a good book. Into the Wild was a good movie. It was. They did a good job. This was not that. It was like the cheesiest yeah. Hollywood bullshit thing I've ever witnessed. Nowhere it like near cocaine bear. Cocaine bear. <laughs> we did. I'm not seeing that. that. <laughs> you don't want to run across one of those bears. Well, Levi, we got another caller on. Um, thanks for calling in, buddy. We're excited to get your podcast live. Everyone that, uh, if you want to learn more about Levi, go go check out Pulling Feathers for now. And, and as it change and morphs, uh, we'll we'll be promoting it here. So, cool. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have a good you night, Levi. David Nowakowski. Hey, bud. You're live on the show. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. How you doing, Dave? Oh, I'm doing great. Just sitting here relaxing, listening to the show. Sorry for all the tech. I still give me thumbs up every four seconds. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what it's doing. Um, yeah. It, I, I noticed when uh, it keep on popping on, on the screen, just a thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. <laughs> like, I don't know what's happening. Those are all the positive reviews we're getting. Every time yeah. you see a thumb, that's a five-star review. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Tell your friends, guys. <laughs> yeah. I've been slaying um, the shed, so yeah, you're going about... to be a good candidate for the contest when it launches, but uh, hopefully you got some fun. You, not to age you here, David. I know you're not a young buck, maybe at heart. You're seasoned at heart, woodsman. Yeah. But I, would, I hope that, given your seasoned nature of existence on this planet uh i'm hopeful that you have some really great stories for us um well actually i'm gonna go the opposite way um <laughs> i'm 57 so i've been spending oh so let's say past 40 plus years out in the woods uh either back home where i used to live or out in hennepin canal you pick a time of year a season weather i've been out in it and you know i have never experienced anything weird even though i've heard stories because <clears throat> of uh i've heard stories about there's oh ghost stories about some of the old uh lost gender houses that are still existing on the canal 
So I'd go out in the middle of the night. Could be raining, could be snow. I'd go out. Yep, nope, nothing. Um, even things like there's supposed to have been um, years back a Black Panther walking around out there somewhere. So, you know, in my 20s, what do I do? I decide I'm going to go out and check it out. Yep, never experienced anything weird, so... <laughs> Dave, you gotta have to. Have, you gotta have a big pair on you. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I, I, I guess so. Or it's just, you know, uh, I think those that, uh, str- strange nature. I got. You know, if it was, if there was a cougar or a bear or something out there, I'd try to befriend it, bring it home, and call it George or something. And it's like that's my pet. <laughs> <laughs> See, but that's why it doesn't work on you, David, because you know those things only happen to people who've got a little bit of fear in them. Because then they can turn that little squeak of a whatever into, oh, my God, it was a ghost. That doesn't work on you. you got to have some fun. <laughs> Be a little more scared next time you go. Yeah, the <laughs> uh, yeah maybe I'll try. Yeah, no. even if there was a ghost, you know, I've heard all kinds of ghost stories and that. And I, I'd go up to him and say, hey, dude, come on, sit down. <laughs> let's have a beer. Tell me your story. <laughs> world, I love it. Some, like, World War One. I, I bet, love it. Sitting there on a log, smoking a stogie. Who are you talking um, to, David? My buddy. Um, <laughs> Jeez. So, yeah, i got to make a few more years left. Maybe I will experience something, you know, odd and bizarre out there. I mean, hopefully not, because it could sound like Derek's got some stories that he shared on the show before. So, I mean, anybody that has listened in the past may have picked up on some of the stories <laughs> Derek shared last time. I've had one that was shared with me okay. by the guys at Exodus. Um, my cousin has one that he shared that's terrifying uh i've heard of enough of them from from close like not not like the six degrees of kevin bacon like people that i personally know i had a weird thing happen i don't think it was weird it was weird for us just because we didn't know the situation Mm -hmm. but i've got a story that we can talk about later if you want that was just a weird thing that like literally i was like really kind of scared about but it was one of those things where i'm sure there was a completely rational explanation but at the time i didn't know it mm-hmm. so it just seemed like holy crap we better get out of here Interesting. well david i i hope i am more like you and don't have any of these encounters <laughs> i would prefer to not have them <laughs> i don't know that i would go seeking them out um <laughs> maybe my, my younger self probably would have like you mentioned like oh let's go we'll go fit we'll find that cougar we'll find that you know like a bunch of idiots when you're young young men are prone to doing dumb things it usually ends up, yeah it usually yeah. creates a great story you know oh yeah <clears throat> well uh yeah thanks for the call in are you are you planning to come to wisconsin for the open season trade show or i think you get the iowa deer classic last year which one were you at I um i don't know about the iowa deer classic uh illinois deer uh Expo comes up in March 8th, 9th, 10th. So I'm going to go uh, down there on a Saturday and spend a day down there and check it out and have some fun. And Cool. I'm sure our buddy uh, Brian Douglas will be down there oh, with yeah, Good uh, Sit Mobile. Good Sit Mobile. Yeah. Say hi to Brian. Uh, yeah, I'll have to check him out. Yeah. Got a lot of great products. He's a pretty smart, crafty guy. Very, uh, I don't know the word I've been looking for. Ingenuitive? That's not a word. No, but he is. Good. <laughs> He's got an engineering mind. Just David, if you see him, if you see Brian at Goodsit Mobile, just make some sort of slight to him. Be like, just wondering why that Derek always finds more sheds than you. Just say something like that. 
Oh. That'll get his that'll get his bottom burning. That'll get his bottom burning. <laughs> oh yeah, sure will, sure will. Yep. <laughs> well, thanks for calling, David. You have a good night. Enjoy your uh, enjoy your evening. Thanks for tuning in and calling in as always. Yep. Good night, guys. All right. We'll see you soon, David. Derek, tell me the story. The the spooky story. Yes. This is not one I've heard before, is I it? I don't think so. No, I don't think I've said this one Tell me about the one, one with before. the relative. The relative, I told I've you heard about. heard about that one. The ghost story. Yes. This was just like a weird... I'm sure there's an explanation. So, up where my parents' cabin is, <clears throat> there's a couple different things. It's in Townsend, Wisconsin. There's a little area in the Nicolay National Forest, right off Highway 32. It's called, like, it's known as, like, Quartz Hill or Quartz Mountain. But it's right off, like, a four-wheeler trail. There's hiking trails that go up there. People go up there all the time. They take, like, buses of, like, you know, people who are touring or, like, geological dig sites. And it's known for having all kinds of quartz. So, like, there's little spots you can go up there. You know, some cliffs. It's not, like, crazy altitude and that kind of stuff. But it's, like, rocky hillside. You know, bluffs, like, 20-foot little cliffs here and there. And, like, you can see where people dig and, like, look for cool stones. So we've always gone up there when I was a kid. We used to, like, you know, bring our little shovels and go look for quartz rocks and stuff. Um, this is also very close to Carter, where there's the casino, Potawatomi um, Native American tribe is up from that area. Okay. So I'm assuming it could have had something to do with that. If it didn't, my apologies, not trying to be offensive in, in any way. But that's all I, that we could come up with. But I'd gone up there with my parents, and it was, I don't even remember the time of year. It was either spring or fall. Um, leaves were coming down, or were mostly down. And we went up and we we're checking out, you know, all these little dig sites. And we decided to climb all the way up to the top of the big mountain where there's like a cool overlook. Mm-hmm. And when we got up there close to the overlook, we started seeing these weird wraps on these trees. It was like colored fabric. It was like wrapped in this really elaborate pattern, almost like braided, but all the way around the tree. And there was like some substance tucked into the top of it. A little ganj. But it was... But, Eric, it was everywhere. Oh I'm talking, God. like, hundreds of trees wrapped wow. okay. in this stuff. And it's hanging. It's blowing in the wind. like it, So it's wrapped downward, and then, like, the fringes are hanging. And maybe somebody knows what the, this is, like, a ceremonial thing or, like, a ritual thing. But either way, it felt eerie. But all of a sudden, at first, it was like, oh, this is interesting. And then, like, as you walked in, like, you looked and you saw it for, like, a, you know, it, 100 we just, yards. We just have to turn an episode it made of, like, you just wonder, things? like, what? What was somebody <laughs> doing to do this? Like, what, what state of mind were they in to do this? Hopefully, like, in the back of your mind, you're like, oh, maybe this was, like, some cool, like, changing of the seasons thing. Like, people come up. But, like, after a little bit of, like, seeing how extensive this was, you were just, like, all the hair on the back of my neck stood up. And I was like, I don't know that we should be here. Like, maybe spiritually we're interrupting something. Maybe we're somewhere we shouldn't be. But, like, I really did feel super uneasy. At the time, it was like, this is that normal? feeling. I I understand that feeling that I shouldn't be here. That it's like a you almost enter a fight or flight. Yeah. Um. Response. Did you know there's something called the challenge response? There's fight, flight, or challenge. I did not know this. Challenge. More. Challenge response is when like you get that similar feeling, but the challenge response is like it converts to that energy converts into uh, an adrenaline rush for you to deal with it. Uh, in some ways, so like if you have like stage fright, a challenge response would give you all. It takes all of those those uneasy, coozy feelings, queasy feelings in your stomach, and it gives you the it gives you what you need to deal with the with the situation. 
So like it's it's almost like fight, essentially. Yeah. Like you're getting that feeling because you're you're able to take that energy converted into useful, tangible things for your body to, like now you have heightened senses and senses. Your your blood your blood vessels literally uh, get bigger. There's more oxygen flowing through you. It's a challenge response. It's you're very thinking faster. It's you're wild. Responding man. faster. You get in that situation and suddenly you're like, no, I fucking got this. Like, you just deal with it. <laughs> so Dude, you figure out a way to <laughs> teach challenge response? You're a millionaire, right? It's like, wild. Think of how many people have thing. anxiety issues and are, like, treated for anxiety. I like got anxiety is your response, response to problem, right? Like, I wish I had challenge response with bugs. <laughs> Dude, that's what I was going to say. If, you, if I could I teach myself to handle it. that better. I have blackout response to bugs. I have, oh, shit, response yeah. to bugs. Like, what'd you do? What'd you do? Did you miss it? I don't know. I, I thought everything was good. I don't understand what happened. <laughs> In that second, like, my brain goes, Bleh! and then I don't know. I felt good, and then I don't know what happened, and then I, then I got through it. And I'm like, I think it was fine, but I don't know. Now, clearly it wasn't. So I was shocked when I saw both of these deer dead. I couldn't fucking believe it. That it actually happened. Yeah, because I thought for sure. I, like, I blacked out the spot when it all went down, you know? Like, oh. And for anybody who's listening who's a newer hunter, you may think, like, oh, over time, like, it just... You know, <laughs> I'll just figure it out. Well, uh, people don't hunt- change. I've been hunting for a long time, and this season is a definition of not having it figured out because I have messed it up on more deer this season than Calder. You got to call in and share the story, man. Come on, you can't just leave that in the comments. He leave something a little spicy in the comments. Yeah, he did. He said, "I thought I found a dead guy in the woods this year." That's always been a fear of mine, though, is finding. I didn't meet you. Just put an article it. about uh, an article out about that, where like hunters actually help find more. Not I, not purposefully, but like because we spend so much time outdoors with trail cams, cell cams. We're out looking for sheds. All this, all this stuff. Like it sounds like hunters actually have helped solve a lot of crimes or missing persons. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I hope. That never happens. That is, that, I've thought of that before, and that, that we find a lot of dead deer. We we do find a lot of dead things. We find a lot of balloons. What's with the balloons? Can someone explain that to me? I actually, the don't balloons. know. Balloons is awesome. But did, 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 like, there's like a yeah. Why is it symbol? funny? Yeah. So like, it's a, I know we find them because they come down from the sky. I get it. It's a. I think Dan Invault actually kind of had the theory, and I think he is absolutely correct with it. But it's it's all about the wind and wind currents. So, like, not all balloons, but, like, certain balloons, right, that enter into whatever areas, like, as they're deflating and they're, like, coming down, they've lost their, they're no longer, they're almost, like, neutrally buoyant, right? So they're getting pulled in whatever direction. They're no longer rising on their own, creating their own direction. So they're getting pulled into whatever wind tunnels or, Hmm. like, spiraling, circling winds, like what, as a hunter, you would call, like, bad areas for you. And, like, that's why you find balloons, like, the the idea is, like, by the time buck, it gets down to buck, that level. buck bedding areas, oh, man, I found all the sign, and there was a balloon there. There's two balloons there. It's because uh, they're in areas where the wind is cause, or, like, the train is causing wind to circle or spiral or thermal, and then, like, that's where they're landing. Well, that's where deer have advantage because, obviously, if the wind is swirling in that spot or pulling down in that spot, they can smell more than just one direction. They can smell all around them. They're getting more intel from the sky. Yeah, which is really weird because... Up in the Nicolay National Forest. How many balloons have you ever had up there, Eric? A lot? I went scouting. My <laughs> mom was with me. This is like five, ten years ago. I don't know. And we went up to the spot I wanted to scout. And all of a sudden, we started finding all these old rubs. I'm like, oh, this is looking good. A couple new rubs. I'm like, oh, I'm going to hang a trail cam here. Also, my mom's like, look, a balloon. Another balloon. <laughs> we found three balloons within 30 yards in the middle of the National Forest. 
like miles from a paved road, right? Three balloons. I hung a camera in that spot, and this was the year we had that huge windstorm up there. Okay. But I went back, found the camera after the windstorm. The first picture on there was a six and a half year old buck named I Blondie. Were, I thought you told me it was going to be a balloon. It was a balloon. <laughs> it was a guy selling balloons. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking clown. <laughs> it was a guy. You want to talk about something? Whacking creepy? off in the woods to balloons. <laughs> we wrapped it all up. See what we did there? Circle around. <laughs> really wrapped it around the tree. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like I should, should be here. Just seen the balloon. Oh, my God. So, Calder, you're live. Can you explain why you thought you found a dead guy? Like, what's going on here? Unpack the story, buddy. Yeah, how are you guys doing tonight? Absolutely. We're We're good. We're we're all right. Yeah, of course. We're, we're, you know, we're doing our thing. Good, good. Talking to you guys. So, yeah. So, this year, I was out hunting public land in the Adirondacks. And I actually just went out with a couple of friends of ours and, uh, we all split up and went in different directions out on public land. And here in New York state, you have to either wear a blaze orange hat or a vest, a certain amount of square inches of orange. So, uh, yeah, I was out walking in the woods, hunting, had my orange on, you know, it's a good, you know, four or five weeks into rifle season. So, you know, the days of confusing, bow season for gun season and forgetting your orange are kind of behind you (laughs) so i was out just walking in the woods walking on public land walked probably about four or five miles walked through a timber cut and uh came up to this clearing and i saw a big blob of green just uh hunched up against a rock and no orange on, nothing. And so at first I thought, you know, what did I just stumble on? And uh, I stood there, I looked, I studied this blob of green and almost pulled my scope up to check it out, but I pulled up my binoculars instead. And there was a older gentleman just leaning up against this huge boulder um, with no orange on. He just had his green wool camouflage a dark brown hat and a pair of black sunglasses on and he was just leaning up against that tree with his or that rock with his rifle and he wasn't moving and so i thought you know if this guy's been out here in this position and he doesn't have any orange on you know is he out here from last year is he out here (laughs) just (laughs) just breaking the law you know what's going on either way yeah it's a sketchy outcome Um, go on yeah, so so I uh, walked up a little bit further, and, you know, eventually I just got to the point where I just stood up so that I knew, you know, if he was alive and well, then he was going to see me there. And I stood up and put my hand up in the air, and his head snapped over to the right and looked directly at me. And Creepy. That's on the, the violin. That's what that knew it sound. was a zombie. <laughs> it wasn't a dead guy. It was a zombie. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I, uh, you know, I waved to him and, you know, he gave me the okay sign. And I turned and walked the other way and let him be. And You know what Greg would have done I in that situation? Up... Greg would have been like, where's your place, Orange? Huh? Huh? I've witnessed him do that, just so you know. I just want to clarify, <laughs> Calder, what, what was the okay sign? Did he wave? Did he give you a thumbs up? Uh, a wave and a nod. 
Yeah, no, yeah, just a wave kind of let me know that he knew that I was there, and then I turned in the other direction and, you know, let him do his thing, and I just basically wanted to get away from him as much as I could in that at that point in time. Well, that's nice. In New York, they're nice. Here in Wisconsin, another hunter sees you. They're okay side as they walk 50 yards closer to you, drop their drawers, take a shit in your shooting lane, and then walk away. <laughs> I've a- had that happen to me. <laughs> oh my God. In the National Forest. What? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, being up here in the Adirondacks, I've never even seen another person on public land where I hunt. And so when I walked up into this clearing and saw a person leaning up against a boulder, you know, sitting on the ground against a boulder with no orange on and dark sunglasses. And he was an older gentleman. Um, the worst case scenario just kind of started going through my head. And uh funny part about that is I ended up running into this guy a couple days later on my way back up in there to do some snow tracking. It was actually the day I killed my buck. I remember and, your, uh, I saw that he, story of yours. That was a really cool story, by the way. Yeah. So he said, yeah, I remember seeing you that day. He goes, yeah, I don't, sorry, I didn't have any orange on, yada, yada, yada. And, uh, you know, that's kind of, you know, I guess it's the old timer's way. You kind of do what you want. And, you know, if they get caught, they probably can get their way out of it or, you know, somehow. Oh, but, did I forget yeah, my just, orange again? Jeez, was... I thought this was, I'm, you know, I'm colorblind now that I'm 92. It's a damn cataracts. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, he probably was grandfathered in for the Blaze Orange Law anyway. So. Oh, grandfathered. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Of course good, you were. Of course you good were. Good point, Calder. Calder, this is totally <laughs> yeah, random. So. This is totally random in a long shot, but just, I mean, I know the Adirondacks are huge. But do you know, do you know or where this know tree is? of a gentleman named Zach Gosen or Gossen? Zach Gossen? I don't. Okay. Just just is a long he, shot. Is he, is he, is he, yeah, is he local here? He's a yeah, Adirondack hunter, upstate New York. Um, ran a, I think it was his personal Instagram page, but ran a lot of trail cameras. Really good, like I would say, photography mindsetted guy, because like he would set up these cameras and uh, capture some incredible Dude, footage of Adirondack. Don't wildlife. you run a trail cam page still? Used to long, it's, long. Is it long. still around or no? Wisconsin Whitetail Trail Cam, yeah, it is. But it's not you. I mean, Dave and I. Started it. Was this still active? Is it's it from that? Kind of. Kind yeah. of. Active-ish. It had like eleven or 12,000 people following the Facebook page, and we just haven't done anything with it. In like you got to change it to cell cam now. That's why. Oh, the cell cam page. <laughs> well, I just thought I'd ask just in case you. It'd be a, a wild yeah, coincidence. Yeah, no, I mean, it, and if, if he's still around this area, feel free to, you know, shoot me his contact information or give him mine or whatever. I'm... Like I, like you guys know, I got myself into hunting and I'm yeah. self-taught and I'm always looking for people around here that I can get out with or, you know, you know, go out and hunt or whatever, but he's a, he's a really good guy. Yeah. He knows his stuff. I met him personally and knew him through Instagram. Mm-hmm. And when I worked in upstate New York for my summer job, um, we, he actually reached out and was like, Hey, I saw you're in upstate New York. You want to <laughs> meet up? And we, we had a couple of beers and really, really nice guy. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, no, I I thought I'd call in after you, you know, said called you out to give you the call and let you know about that. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah, called me out absolutely. So that's just that's probably one of the creepiest things. I mean, I saw that guy just sitting there at the bottom of that boulder, and I thought, oh my god, I just found a dead guy. 
<laughs> yeah, I can yeah. see where you. Thankfully, would, it wasn't. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways, I'm gonna I'll jump off here, let you guys continue, and I'll keep listening. But good talking with Sounds you. Good, bud. Thank you. Have a good one, Calder. <clears throat> yeah, you too. I don't. I don't. I don't have a lot of weird stuff. I told you a story about opening day, my first opening day with my dad. I thought he got shot. Well, that's terrifying. Did I tell that's you this? Just Did we talk about this? Terrifying. That's less spooky than it no, is. No, this terrifying. was not spooky. No, I that's was, just terrifying. I was absolutely terrified. I don't know. I apologize if you heard the story. Before. I don't think I. Ha- I mean, who my knows? dad. We, we could share very, the same story several times. Dad, like, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm not putting this on you. It was the first year you took someone with you, so like, I, I get first it. year you took someone. No, no kidnapping was happening. Jesus Christ. No, and, and he'll tell you it's his. Is it like it's his biggest buck he's ever shot up north, and probably the one he talks about the least because he just doesn't like the story. But uh, it was a it was a pretty wild day. It was I was 12 years old, open, my first opening day ever. Okay. Um, what year is this? Then that would have been like 98. Okay, 98, I believe. Good, good math recall there. I just remember from the old picture of the first bow buck I shot, which mm-hmm. was that okay. year, and I remember it printed on the bottom, 98. Um, 98, and <clears throat> Dad had trained me for bow hunting, so I was very well-trained, patient, just wait for the shot. Wait, 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 wait. Um, I had a bunch of buck encounters during bow season, waited, and it always worked out. Like, they came closer, everything worked out. I didn't know anything was different during gun season. Go on. Everything Okay. Yep, we'll just fix this as you talk. Um, so we get down to this blind. Dad had found, scouted this awesome spot, point of a swamp where these deer are going to come to escape, gun pressure. And we went down there like a week or two beforehand. He had me like drag a scent rag, mostly just to go look at all the rubs that were around. And like, <laughs> I, I did my walk, and I was like, oh, my God. And he's like, you know, got him. <laughs> like he's like, so he, he did great on that. We, we sat in this blind together, and right away at the crack of light, all of a sudden I said, Dad, I see. And I put my gun up, and there's two big bucks walking, coming down the hill in a hurry toward the point of the swamp. And I'm like, Dad, it's bucks. There's two, there's two bucks. He's like, okay, get ready, get ready. Like, and he meant, like, to shoot him. Like, shoot him. <laughs> but I'm just, like, watching him. I remember just watching him through my scope. And they're, like, 90 yards away. Now, like, oh, totally my God, doable. I would have yeah. shot the shit out of him. First yeah, second I saw him, you know? But I'm just watching him, watching him. They go behind this little swale, and... Dad, I don't see him anymore. He's like, well, you know, what happened? I was like, I don't know. I just walked behind the hill. And all of a sudden, where they popped out, going into the swamp, there's like a huge blowdown. A pine tree had blown down. And the first buck popped out right there. I'm like, it's there. He's right here. So he grabs my shoulders and turns me. And he's like, he's right there. Shoot him. Shoot him. Well, he had taught me to look for horizontal lines. That's how you spot a deer. Timber's all tall. Well, he's standing right next to the down tree. I can't see him. He's like 80 yards away. Right wrong. I just yeah. don't. I can't pick him up. He's not moving. He's looking at us. I can't pick him up. I'm like, I don't see him. I don't see him. I don't see him. He's like, he's right there. And he's like, try to give me every chance to shoot this deer. Finally, he's like, I'm going to shoot it. And I was like, go for it. So he throws his gun up. Boom. As soon as he shoots, I see the deer whirl Good away, yeah. runs off. And I'm like, oh, my God. It looked huge. So he's like, yeah, I think it was big. So it runs off. We have guys that we saw come in with their headlights that are kind of like all around us on two different sides guys came in and he's worried the deer ran into the swamp but there's guys sitting along the edge that's something to take another shot at he it. doesn't want anyone else to get the deer so he's like here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna go in right away i'm gonna start looking to see if i hit it we had like semi-open lane along the edge of the swamp he said just keep your gun pointed down here 
If I go in and it comes out, just shoot it. Like, just, just take it down. So he went over there, and I see him, you know, wave. He's like, I'll be back in 10 minutes. I'm going to go look and see if there's blood. And he started trailing it, and he had found blood. And he started going, he started going, and he did what hunters do, not what, you know, a dad bringing his kid for the first time. Like, that, that wasn't in his mind because he had never brought a kid. Yeah. So he started tracking, and I think three hours had gone by. And he had jumped the deer, you know, shot it again, kept following. So you're hearing it. gunshots thinking maybe someone's going to see All shot I've heard, you know, if you've ever had a, you know, opening yeah, rifle season anywhere, it, it was gunshots and gunshots and gunshots. And your and dad's not coming back, not coming I back, not coming 10 back. 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. And all of a sudden, I'm freaking out. Like, absolutely freaking out. Pretty positive my dad's dead. Like, he's gotten shot. I've never experienced a gun season before. I don't know if it's normal to hear this about <laughs> shooting. Like, oh, my God, everyone's shooting my dad. <laughs> like, what's happening? So I ended up, like, yelling for help. Like, oh, yelling yeah, and yelling for out. help. Yeah. Like, I was crying. I didn't know what was going on. And all of a sudden, like, my dad pops out, comes back. Oh, my gosh, he's so sorry, so sorry, you know. I had chased the deer, jumped the deer, and, like, kept going after it. <clears throat> and... We were walking out later that night. We sat the rest of the day, and everything was fine. Um, and we were walking out. A couple guys that were kind of around us, you know, we're walking out. And one of the guys was like, yeah, are you, you that kid that was yelling for help? And I was like, yeah. My dad's like, you heard a kid yelling for help? Can you come and help him? He's like, well, no, I, I didn't know if like, he really needed help or not. <laughs> what would what, what, what give you the thought that he didn't? He was saying, don't help? <laughs> Just don't help him. <laughs> But no, that was a... That's a weird thing because that's a psychological like, thing. There's a story in Psychology like 101 in college that talks about the story of the lady getting stabbed in like Central Park or some shit. And she was yelling for help, literally getting murdered. And people all around were witnessing Heard this. It. But no one went to help because they all assumed someone would. Yeah. So then they wouldn't. So maybe that guy's like, well, someone will fucking help the kid. I mean, I don't know. There's other guys around here. I'm going to climb her. Yeah, I'm not climbing down. Help. Someone will help him. Yeah, but that was, that was a scary three hours. <sighs> that's scary, dude. Really, I mean, shit. I could just, I could, as a dad, and you're a dad, now you know, I'd be like, oh, buddy, I'm so sorry. That's what you he know? said, like, yeah, you know. And I, you know, like, oh my, you just feel, your heart would feel so, I would also I know say, where like, his head was, you know, I, I It's I also a it. really good reminder to know that your kids actually give a shit about you and care about you. Because <laughs> as a teenager, I'm sure you were a shithead <laughs> in some cases. So your dad's like, oh, this kid does fucking love me and needs me. I'm wanted as a father. Win. Yeah. I have to make him think I'm dead, but that's how it goes. Like, You're welcome. <laughs> to put some lightheartedness into the For mode. reminding you how much you like <laughs> me. <laughs> no, he did end up, we ended up finding it um, a few days later. Jeez. And it was his biggest deer he ever got. That's crazy. Yeah. Let me see this. So you found this tonight. I'm just going to. This is bigger than that one, but mm. not not necessarily. Well, maybe. Is it? No. So that's the one. Eric I mean, I mean, this is this is a shooter for me all day long. Two years ago, he uh, he I looked like I this. I saw this one on camera. He was just small. So he's still alive. Yeah, he's still alive. That's great. Two years ago, next in year that he'll spot, be the one you can shoot. I had walked in. Yeah, well, I would have probably shot <laughs> this year, but next year, yeah, for sure, I would like to shoot. But this is the one I walked in, came around, looped around this spot. And found that tree you didn't yeah. like. Yep, yep. Oh, that had the little ass. rub on it from yeah. going in, and I set up in that tree, and I heard that deer cough as I was setting up my stick. I could hear, <clears throat> and I had never right. heard a deer cough, 
And I was like, oh, this is what Zach Farrenbaugh's talking about. Because he always <laughs> talks about deer coughing. And I heard him coughing. He was bedded like 60 yards away. And he ended up coming right on the trail that had the little yeah. scrape, the little rub on it. He came right underneath me. And I think I got a bunch of footage of him. He did, yeah. And he came right underneath. This is the same buck. And then the next night, you went in there. And I tried to get you on him, but he, he wasn't there that night. No. Who knows where they... But kind of cool. It was cool. This was not that far from that I did see a doe that evening. She was quite the distance away, headed away from me from a further distance, but at least I saw something. And I was like, oh, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, it's not happening. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That's how it goes. I think no more callers in queue for now. Man, I was hoping we'd get more... Some weird stories? Weird, creepy shit. Last year, we got a ton. These are all pretty realistic stories. Yeah, I mean, David's like, look, we I, didn't talk I about Dogman shit. shit. You know, like David. Yeah, we not, didn't. We didn't lead into it properly. properly David's like, Dogman, how much percentage are you dog? How much percentage <laughs> are you man? Why are you Tell dog me your man? Story. Why tell me? Love like, it. What are you doing? Love it. The Windago stuff here in Wisconsin, around like the Holy Hill area. There's some real stories that happen. There, there was a story that I'll, I think I've talked about before. Like it was on the news a D, back when DNR would pick up carcasses. It was like a documented, legit story. The guy had his face blurred out. He refused to give up his name because he didn't want to be ridiculed because he knew how ridiculous it sounded. The story would sound. He put, he put the carcass, uh, a deer carcass, in the back of the pickup truck, walked around, got in the car, started the ignition, writing up his stuff. And in that moment, in the rear, rear mirror, caught a glimpse of something but he felt the the tailgate of the truck like something go down and into the truck, and then lifted a full grown doe deer, not a fawn, a fa- like that's fucking heavy, hundred ten. Jumped out of the pounds. truck with the deer and ran off and ran ran off. I don't know about you, but anytime I've ever fucking dragged a deer ever in my life, I'm not running. I'd love to be able to. I run can't dragging. jump into a truck, pick up a deer, and run off. Like unless it's Josh Bomar. Who's Could have been. like, you know, psychotically fit. It's a little disturbing <laughs> the amount of veins. That, that might said, be like, the scariest <laughs> thing we've talked about. <laughs> no offense. Sorry, Josh. But I don't know another being that's capable of that. So the guy got interviewed, didn't give up his name, didn't give up his face, like all of this. I'm sure someone could have figured it out because he fucking worked for the DNR. Or like, was, I think it was contracted by the DNR to go pick up real quick. Yeah. Um, but it was a, it was a news story. It was on the radio. It was like a whole thing. He's like a beast picked up the freaking deer and ran off. And he's like, I don't know, Wendigo, Dogman, Werewolf, whatever you want to call it. He's like, I know what I saw. It scared the shit of me. I got the hell out of there, and I never looked back. And the deer is gone. Like he never they never found the deer. A relative of mine driving through a similar area. It's also called the Beast of Bray Road. So yeah, you talked about that. That was um, something I had never saw. Saw a deer of. running across the road, stopped. Like they, they didn't hit the deer, and then they saw something chasing it on two legs, looking like a like a fucking werewolf. And they were like, "Go, face is white. <laughs> go, get burned rubber." Got out of there. Then they got their senses to me, like, "Let's go back." Kind of like David. Yeah. Let's go back. Let's see it. Go back. Nothing. Couldn't find nothing. And where is that? Bray Road. It's I, I forget. I got that part. I don't. <laughs> I know that's an asinine <laughs> re- remark. I wasn't trying to be. <laughs> Google it. I don't know. But we, so then me and my buddies one night went, we got all hopped up on the story, and we're like, let's go look for the Beast of Bray Road. It was late. 
we weren't drunk or anything like that, of course. And uh, we were driving just around Holy Hill. We had a Shiner. Oh, it's close to Holy Hill. Yeah, we had a Shiner. So we're, we're Shining for stuff. We've seen all sorts of like raccoons and deer and coyotes in the fields and stuff. And then we were driving, driving, driving. No shit, deer cross the road. We about shit our pants. We're like, stop the fucking car. This is it. Like my eyes get water when I tell stories like this. I get, I can I see get spooked that. out. Yeah. So I'm rubbing my eye all night. And uh, I'm like, this isn't going to happen. There's going to be something chasing it. Something's going to be chasing the deer. And then never did happen. We were terrified, though, because we were scaring ourselves. Yeah. Like, you were because of the up. story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We were all, we were all hopped up. That's on when we it's easy to, like, turn something that's nothing yeah. And into nothing it. happened. Nothing happened. Like, there was no story for us. We, we had a terrifying that event that had to do with Shining. Um, not something that we... Like <laughs> like the Shining the movie? <laughs> no, the Shining You're Deer. <laughs> we, used to, we used to go Shining Deer all the time up at the cabin, and there's a couple local spots, you know, the few fields that are around on private. And this guy must have got sick of people shining in his <laughs> field because it was like a private field, right? Sure. You could drive but by. But it's fun to shine. Like, shine like, like whatever. So yeah. the guy, I shit you not, was hiding in the fucking bushes in the ditch. My that's, dad that's turns on the shit. light and he jumps out. Like, <laughs> like he's not saying like, "Hey, please don't shine here." You know, he's doing it to he's scare already, the he's shit. Already... So he, oh, you can't shine here, and he's yeah. And me and my mom. <laughs> And my dad is like opening the, the door. Like, I'm gonna kick your right. And we're like, get back in the car. <laughs> Don't go and dad's like two steps out of the road, like going to kick his ass. And it's this this crazy guy uh, who's well known up there, but he literally was hiding in the freaking bushes in the ditch, jumping out and yelling at people shining in the field. And it, it worked. I was scared. I never wanted to shine there again. It worked. Dude, I. <laughs> it worked. For Halloween, as a, I think I was a freshman or sophomore in high school, we dressed up as ninjas in all black, did the whole, you know how you do your shirt, make it into a ninja mask, tie it around your head, put up, all, fold the eyelids, all that jazz. We hid on the roof of <laughs> my house, and, and it was overlooked in this really unique way, like right at the stoop of like the patio, whatever, where the candy was. So any kid that were, we could take one, and if I saw him taking one, bah! <laughs> Dude, it was the best <laughs> Halloween as a young high schooler that I enjoyed. I scared the shit out of so many kids trying to steal more candy than they deserved. It was pretty epic. That's like a, <laughs> it's almost a moral high ground, but not. No, <laughs> but it, it, was, it wasn't good. But, but it was great. I mean, whatever. Like, uh, your high school. Like, I'm oh. not sure my parents ever figured out that's what was happening. I don't think we trick-or-treated much in high school, but I remember one year, me and my two idiot buddies, this must have been freshman year, like we were pretty young. But we got a whole bunch of those fake blood packets you could get, you know? Yeah. And then we pretended we were trick-or-treating. And when someone was, like, sitting, you know, some people sit outside, like, in the driveway in lawn yep. chairs. We'd only go to those houses because we didn't really want candy. But we'd, like, jog up and be like, oh, hey, you know? And then, like, we pretend to trip. <laughs> Smash the blood packet. And go, oh, my God. And then blood <laughs> would be, like, on their driveway. <laughs> and they thought it was real. So we were just tormenting harmless, like, Really oh, nice that's people, not good. yeah. And just you know, being a bunch of God, assholes. high school boys are the worst humans in the world. Yeah, I mean, why like we that did song, that? Teenage why we years that here, the living shit out of me. That's a song, and I agree with that song now. And <laughs> like, it's terrible. Now I teach teenagers. Yeah, <laughs> so I have to deal with them. You're like handing out blood packets in class. So guys, have fun Dude, with these. Be responsible. Have you heard about the poo dollar holler? Huh? huh? <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Yes. I know your students listen to this episode. This is podcast. It's probably not great. I hope they enjoy it. You're going to get some pranks. Tomorrow they're going to be like, Malcolm, they're going to like, I bashed my face on this table. I'm bleeding everywhere. See, the chair falling thing? You yeah. should have had the and blood And then you packet. pick up a $20 bill and you got shit on your hands. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to leave $20 bills of shit on tomorrow. 
you're gonna get kicked out of school. You're fired. So be it. High school teacher gets fired for putting shit on dollar bills. I'll just be a professional podcast. No, no, it was an art experiment. It was yes. I was trying to show them the psychology of an artiste. I drew a smiley face and poop on the back of the dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Super painting. <laughs> That's disgusting. I apologize to anyone who had to hear that. This is great. Well, I don't know. That's our podcast for tonight. <laughs> Get your car squared away and be prepared for shit in the woods. And, and like ghosts, I mean. And shit, actually. Like, watch out for that scat. If you do find money, just be cautious. Calder almost found someone. He thought he found a dead guy. I could understand that's terrifying. David's not scared of anybody. Um, Noah, he's just scared of animals in the dark. <laughs> Poor Noah. It's he's all a very big dude. It's all relatable. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It really is. My dad and I, when we hunted the Nicolay, uh, back then you could bait. So we would take buckets of apples out the day before, throw those down. Of course, our stand is, like, not far off, so we could watch over the bait pile. And then my dad had this brilliant idea of, like, bringing apple juice and, like, dumping that on the trees and all around. It's just going crazy with the apple juice, you know, to really yeah, get, get the, the scent, scent going. the aroma. And sure enough, you'd go out there and zero day and all the apples. Of course, they did at night when you weren't there. But I was legitimately terrified that bear are going to come and eat these apples. I'm going to walk up at 3, 4 in the morning on a fucking bear. Yeah. Eating the apples. And the bear is not going to be pumped that you're coming and to I'm the gonna apples. And I'm going to walk up on a bear that thinks it's dark, that's still going to town on the apples and because you know, he smells all the apple juice and all this stuff. And I'm going to... That was like... I was like, this seems like a bad idea. <laughs> like, I, forget the deer at this point. Like, I'm pretty sure I've attracted a bear and I'm going to walk up on him Eating the apples because my stand is right by the damn apples. And I was very scared. So I would knock an, like an arrow or I would load my rounds and I was like, I'm killing this. Whatever the <laughs> hell. Like, I'm not. Haul, like, haul me off. I'm not taking any chances. You know what I mean? I think that's probably, I mean, we used to bait a long, long time ago up there. And same thing. Bears always, right? Like bears, bears, bears. But what we found out is that any kind of scent you would use, no matter what. Like, yeah. A lot of like the. Deer scents have like molasses smell in it or vanilla smell to get the deer to come. Yeah. But obviously the bears were the things that showed up the most. But really any scent you use, they'd be like bears. Oh, their that? sense of smell is so good that they'll smell it from a long, long way. And they'll come check it out. So like nobody uses any scent anymore because all it did is bring in bears, <laughs> occasional deer, but mostly bears. <laughs> you know what? This is not going to be the scent thing anymore. It's I don't want do it. Yeah. Yeah. Black bears are pretty big, and no thanks. When there's bears around, I see less deer. <laughs> it's weird. Thanks for tuning in, folks. TikTok, Instagram, everybody. Appreciate it. Sorry for all the technical problems. I think we've now covered. We've gone past the time of which we started, so we've done the full hour. And uh, we'll be back next week. I think we have guests the next two weeks of the show. So for the month of February, we have guests. I think we're bringing on the ha um, the Rack Hub guys. It's on the screen right there. Uh, first week of March or so, I believe, and we'll be able to speak to the products by then. So I think that's all I got. I don't know. Um, let us know how you like the other podcasts on the network. They probably are better than ours. Probably. Yeah. I hope. Yeah, I'm they, sure they are. They are. I've yeah. listened to them. Yeah. Southern News, yeah. they're crushing it. OKS Trapper's crushing it. Turkey Season crushing it. OKS, they're, they're all crushing it. Upduck. Like the all of the guests and the narratives and the and the shows that everyone else on the network is putting on is way better than this one. I wish <laughs> we, we should do better. <laughs> we should just have them host our podcast. That'll be fine. But uh, adios, folks. Thanks a bunch, and we'll catch you next week.